The Selfish Path to Romance. Download Chapter 1 for free at drkenner.com. Marcus, you misread... Hello, how you doing? Good. You misread A Girl's Romance Signals? Tell me about um, that. Yes, pretty badly. Pretty much, she said that she was going on dates with this other person. Okay. And that was a month ago. And I had told her, like, well, I'm not comfortable with you dating me and him. And then I added, but just because we're just friends doesn't mean that I'm closing the door, basically saying that I'm still interested in her, but it's not going to be like that. Right. So, so you didn't want to share her. You wanted an exclusive. Yeah. I didn't really feel comfortable in that situation. Right. So then a couple of weeks go by, and I'm still talking to her, and we're kind of flirting. And then um, Valentine's Day comes around. Yeah. So I send her something small, and apparently the, the guy that she's also dating is now her boyfriend. I had no idea. So I wasn't really particularly hurt. I was more relieved that I got out of an ambiguous situation. Yeah. And it was kind of like, well, I wouldn't want to be dating someone who is flirting with someone else all the time. Right. But, Very good. But um, I'm glad, glad it's the right thing. Or I have the right yeah. thinking about this. But <clears throat> I suppose, was I wrong to have done that if I... Maybe she was just being friendly, not flirty. Who knows? Oh, you know something? You take a risk. I mean, as a guy... And nowadays, as the women, when the women ask the guys out too, but in my day, usually just the guys ask the women out. You are always at risk of being shut down, or you know, if somebody says no to you all the time. What do you do? That's part of dating. You want to have that strength, that resilience, to be able to reach out and be able to send someone something very nice. In fact, when I was dating my husband, my former boyfriend sent me a lovely bouquet of flowers the same day that this new guy I was dating, my husband sent me flowers, and it wasn't even Valentine's Day. And uh, I remember I was at, at Brown University at the time, and my roommates or the the, peop- the girls on the floor are saying, what's going on here? You got flowers from two different guys. So, now, do you think I like that or didn't like that? Um, well, I bet you liked it, but her response was not very happy. <laughs> oh, okay. Why was she not happy? She basically said, you know, not cool, don't text me again. And it was kind of hurtful. It was it was clear, at least. <laughs> at least it wasn't leading me on. I suppose it wasn't, you know, but I think it was too far in the um, direct um, direction. Okay, so when you're first dating, you're always going to have some ambiguity. And she's not married yet. Who knows that if you sent her something, she might have thought it was the sweetest thing. What did you send her? I just sent her a flower. A flower. So that sounds very sweet. That sounds within reason, and it sounds lovely. And if she had called up, I would have said, you know, it would have been a little nicer if you said to him something along the lines of, how sweet... I want to let you know that if I weren't dating, you know, I might be a little more interested. I'm very happily dating right now, and I apologize for not having made that clear earlier. You know, she could have been nicer. I don't know what went on on the other end. Maybe she, uh, maybe her boyfriend is not the coolest guy, or maybe he felt very threatened and made it very rough on her, and you just happened to catch her right after she spoke with him, right after he kind of grilled her out, you know, what the the heck are you doing? Are you still dating? Not me and her. I mean, I'm still, I suppose, on the market. I'm still going out, exploring. I wouldn't say I'm exclusive or anything like that. Okay, but you're searching, and I would definitely not hesitate to 
send a little note or a little gift to somebody else in the future. I think that's part of the reaching out and part of giving them a little piece of information of who you are. What if she ever broke up with this guy? You may not want her back, but she might say, that was really sweet that he sent me that flower, even though he couldn't tell me. But you may not want her. You know, people do change. Right, right. Listen, thank you so much for the call, Marcus. Thank you very much for the advice. Okay, you're you're very welcome. And if you want to ask me a question, my number is toll-free, 1-877-D-R-K-E-N-N-E-R. That's toll-free, 1-877-DR-KENNER. And you can also visit my website, drkenner.com, D-R-K-E-N-N-E-R.com. Do you ever have a situation where you held something in for years and it's really haunting you now? That's what's happening with our next uh, question that I received from Dan. Hi, Dr. Kenner. My name is Dan and I live with my parents, my older brother Caleb and my sister Andrea. Caleb sexually harassed me four years ago. I didn't tell my parents because I was scared. It haunts me because I still live at home with Caleb. I told my sister Andrea by texting her. She never acknowledged it. How do I deal with this? Dan. Dan, your goal is to get peace of mind for yourself. So the first thing that leaps off the page for me is haunts you. Why does it haunt you? Why does anything haunt any of us? And that means that we have a really terrible feeling, this like cloud, this uh, dark cloud over us that something is really bad and that we're powerless to do anything about it. So something made you feel strong enough to use the word haunt. So you want to ask yourself, and you know the answers to this, what was the actual damage done by Caleb and also the damage done by not getting closure on it. For example, you might feel that there's no justice, or you might be left feeling unworthy, or maybe you feel that you're incapable of speaking up, or that people won't hear you or they don't care. For example, when you reached out to your sister, she there was no response. She didn't answer you. Or maybe you feel you can never trust people because you couldn't trust Caleb. Or maybe you fear your parents' response. You feel fearful of others. And what is your view of your future? Maybe you feel that you don't have a voice to defend yourself and may never have that. You never want to leave yourself in that situation. So second, you want to understand the nature of the sexual harassment. The first thing was to really understand the word haunting. And you want to take action. You don't want to leave yourself that way with that cloud hanging over you. The second is, what is the nature of the harassment? And there are a range of things that people call harassment. Anything from benign touching, which shouldn't be in the category of harassing. You might be two young kids. Uh, You touch mine, I'll touch yours. And basically, they're both curious. No harm is done and there's no coercion. It could be being called a sissy or some such. Or it could be a lot worse. It could be real heavy belittling with words or it could be something physical which we usually call abuse. Was it a one-time occurrence or was it more frequent? You know, these are some questions to explore. Then why could you not tell your parents? That's another area to explore. Would they not be supportive of you? Would they just tell you to get over yourself and dismiss it? Would you feel too embarrassed? Would they possibly deny what happened and called you a liar or say it was so long ago 
Can't you just forget it? Or would they turn on Caleb and severely punish him or you? You know, what would happen in your family? It might feel like a huge thing. Maybe it won't feel that huge to them, but it's unpredictable to you. And what do you make of your sister ignoring it? Why not? I mean, you could always go back and and inquire. You could ask, you know, four years ago, I sent you a text, and I want to understand what went through your mind when I sent you that text. You want to be inquiring, not attacking. Another question is, is there a possibility for repair? Could you talk with Caleb himself? I mean, this is this has gone underground now, and maybe he feels very guilty and would like the opportunity to make a meaningful apology. Maybe it's not. Maybe the damage was very severe, and you need to address it more. But the main thing to focus on is that you want to give yourself a voice. And if you can't, if you don't know how to do it in the context of your family, or don't feel safe doing it, you can always get there. You can go to my website, Dr. Kenner. Academyofct.org is a cognitive website also. And here's a little more from Dr. Kenner. Hello, Dr. Crane. This is Chet from Whitby Island. I gave you a call last year. I was having problems with low self-esteem. Ah, ah, I see. And did my advice help you to become more assertive? Damn straight. You know, people say I'm downright arrogant. Well, you know what I say? Screw them. Well, uh, perhaps you took my advice just a bit too far. (laughs) Who the hell are you? Screw you too. And that's from Fraser. And when you're learning new skills, when you're learning how to be assertive when you've always been rather shy and rather withdrawn and maybe some tongue-tied a bit. When you first say, when <laughs> now I feel tongue-tied, but when you first learn the skills, it's going to be gawky and awkward and you will make mistakes and you will overshoot. My husband and I take dance lessons and our dance teacher tells us all the time, yes, you did that step, but you did it 200%. You're pushing too much or you're moving your hips too much in a way that doesn't look good. So it's the same with communication skills. You want to learn how to express yourself without attacking the other person. So that means not shutting your mouth and not saying anything and not being aggressive. For more Dr. Kenner podcast, go to drkenner.com and please listen to this ad. Here's an excerpt from The Selfish Path to Romance by Dr. Ellen Kenner. It can be legitimately upsetting if you are not a top priority in your partner's hierarchy of values. Suppose your spouse loves hiking and mountain climbing and spends all of his or her spare time in those activities, leaving little time for you. The situation makes a successful romantic relationship unlikely. However, there's no right amount of time you should spend with your loved one. Partners have different preferences and tolerances. Some need time alone, and others need a lot of contact. If one or both partners feels neglected or abandoned, this will be a source of conflict. Resolving the conflict requires that partners discuss their preferences, communicate frankly and openly, and come to a mutually satisfactory agreement, and then strive to keep it. You can download Chapter 1 for free at drkenner.com and you can buy the book at amazon.com.